Hello and welcome to our podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Please head to our website for more information on what is happening at Ashburton New Life or to get in touch. One of our team would love to talk to you. Here's today's message. Uh, I'm starting a new sermon series today called Dollars and Cents. And before I begin, I want to just share a little bit of my heart around finances and stewardship. Um, I had an amazing upbringing. I grew up in a, a wonderful family with a, an amazing mum and dad and great brothers and sisters. Home was a very safe, very secure place for me. I have great memories of my childhood. But when I got into my late teenage years and early 20s, it might be the Kiwi culture thing that you can get caught up in. But I got into drinking and I loved to drink and I got addicted to drinking. And this robbed me of my identity, my health, and my finances. And it was horrible. And I tried moving towns, I tried shifting friends, but I couldn't shake this addiction. And anybody with an addiction knows that you give up everything for the one thing. You give up everything for the one thing. And recovery is about giving up the one thing for everything. And uh, I love it that people can recover and even recover in the house of the Lord. So I was addicted to alcohol. I was an alcoholic. As I say, it robbed me of my health, identity, finances. I was always broke. Um, but thankfully, at the age of 23, somebody invited me to a church. And when I went to a church just like this, I could sense God. I could sense God and I was drawn back again and again and again. I wanted to go back. And over time, I uh, gave my life to the Lord, and, and I became part of the church. And uh, God and the church helped me get healing, yeah. helped me discover myself, find my identity, find my purpose, understand that I've got gifting and talent. And I began to have a dream and a vision when I came into a church. So I love the Lord, and I love His bride, His local church. And... It was the Lord and the church that helped me to change and become who I am today. So I personally love giving to my local church. I always have. And when you've uh, been addicted and it takes all your money, to actually set aside a portion to give it to the house of the Lord is a really good deal. And it's something that I love to do. I love giving into this house, into my local church, because it's been a real blessing to me, and I know it's been a blessing to others, and I know that there's plenty of testimonies even in this room today of people discovering themselves, becoming better people because of the Lord and because of the house of God. Oh, God. So, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. So, I have a heart for the church, and I believe that's uh, why I became senior leader, not because I'm the most gifted, talented person, but because I love the church and I've always been willing to serve and to serve and to serve and to give and, and through serving I've discovered myself and discovered that I have got some gifting and ability and grown into this place and so I love to serve in the house of God and I love to sow finances into the house of God. So as a church we want to help people. Uh, we want to help people come into freedom in every area of their life including financial freedom. So. At the end of this service, um, if you want some help, there we're going to be running a five-week course called Mastering Your Money. 
and this is going to be run by David Bailey, who is an accountant, and so he loves finances. It's his forte. He's so good at it. And uh, and people that have done this course actually say, "I wish I had done this sooner." Yeah. It's been so good. I've got so much revelation and understanding about how to manage money. Yeah, I wish I had done it sooner because. Uh, when it comes to finances and budgets and all that stuff, we don't learn about that in school, do we? I think that's crazy we don't teach young people in school how to look after finances, but they don't. And the chances are you probably learned how to manage your finances off your parents, is that right? And if they were terrible at it, chances are the you know, cycles repeat. Isn't that true? And so maybe you're terrible at it. And, isn't the Christian life and the Christian journey about learning, unlearning, and relearning? And so this is what this course enables you to do. So it's called Mastering Your Money. It's a five-week course. Uh, put your name down and David Bailey will be in contact with you in the next few weeks to probably look at the time that best suits people and when to do that. So the title of today's message is Money Matters. And either we will master money or it will master us. Money can be a very sensitive topic. Some people can find it painful and annoying or even embarrassing. But on the other hand, there are those who believe that much more should be said and communicated about the subject of money. Some people can find it painful, while the generous and the visionaries, we find it exciting. This shows us that there will always be tension in life when it comes to money. In order to find peace and to live a life of joy and faith, we must have a clear and strong understanding about finances and money. Some churches can talk about it far too much, and I've been to other churches and they kind of drive those offerings, and I don't like that, and I don't ever want to, I don't want to ever be that church. I mean, some people can drive the giving and the finances too much, but on the other hand, some churches may never talk about finances, yeah. and we don't want to be that church either. We want to be somewhere in the middle and, and uh, be a healthy church when it comes to talking about this subject. We want to be balanced. But, but, talk about money, ask for money, try to raise money, and you will quickly see what's inside a person's heart. And yet what's amazing is money has no personality of its own. We give it personality. Money can be a sensitive subject, yet money has no personality of its own. The subject of money, though, does reveal our personality, our heart, and our attitude. Money in the hands of an evil person will be used for evil. Money in the hands of a good person will be used for good. Money in the hands of the Christian will be used for advancing and revealing the kingdom of God. Can I hear an amen there? Amen. And so I want to see the church blessed, Christians blessed, because finances actually empower and enable the church to prosper and to reach and to go further. I hope that you will get an understanding of the awesome power of money and and put it to good for the kingdom of God. I hope that what I share will give you a fresh revelation as to how important money is to the kingdom of God. 
We must learn, though, to master money. Let's go to Matthew 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. Can you feel tension there already? Yeah. Love, hate, honour, despise. You cannot serve God and mammon. Some translations will say you cannot serve God and money, but I love that word mammon. Because mammon isn't so much money, but the spirit that attaches itself to money. You see, there's a demonic spirit that can attach itself to money, and it's a greedy, selfish spirit. And uh, people with the spirit of mammon love money and the power that it gives them. And it's a horrible spirit. And so we need to be constantly examining ourselves and make sure, make sure we're holding money lightly and that we're not enjoying the power that it gives us and we're not becoming greedy and selfish with us. This shows us that there will always be some kind of tension in life when it comes to matters around money. And then there's God's spirit when it can attach itself to money and people become generous and kind and giving and understand the power of sowing. Man, I want to see the money get into the hands of the believers. Can I hear an amen there? Money is such an important part of our everyday lives, so we must have the right attitude towards it and the right relationship with it. It is not evil, and it is not the root of all evil, but the Bible does tell us that the love of money is the root of all evil. And we read this in 1 Timothy 6 verse 10. For the love... Got to, got to notice that word. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Money is not evil. It has no personality. But the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. For which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Money can be worshipped. It can be given as an alternative God that people serve. It can get a grip on people to the extent that they think about it and talk about it all the time. And I've actually seen people come to know God, be planted in the house of the Lord, but then they just seem to take on more work and be working a little bit much. And then they're just trying to get, there's nothing wrong with trying to get ahead in life and, and make some finances and generate some finances. It's just that fine balance where all of a sudden they're, they're actually... Uh, serving money more than they are serving God. And I've seen people drift away because of that, just trying to make more money. And on the subject of money, did you know that Jesus talked about money more than any other subject? You think about worship and prayer and serving. Man, he talked about those topics but he actually talked about money more than any of these other topics. That's his number one. He talked about money more than anything else. Do you think Jesus might have had a bit of a problem with money? Do you think he might have liked money a little bit much? That he was always talking about it? Like, was he one of those people? Or... Do you think he talked about money as much as he did? Not because he had a problem with it, but because he knew we could. Yeah. It's that one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 
he knew that we could have issues with money. That's why he talked about it all the time. He didn't have any problems with it, yeah. uh, but he knew that we could have problems with it. When the subject of money is addressed, it allows us to measure how much of a heart we have for God and others. And let us all be honest today, when it comes to money, money matters. Today I want to deal with money matters so that we can all be better equipped and wise about money. The reason I've called today's sermon Money Matters is because I believe money does really matter. And Jesus Christ talked more about that topic of money than any other topic. Why? Because money does matter. It is the cause of hardship, discouragement, divorces. Lack of it can cause jealousy, envy and worry. We'd all like a little bit more, wouldn't we? And today I want to focus on overcoming debt. Debt is a major problem for many people. As a church, I believe it is important that we are able to master money and able to master debt. And the world gives us really bad advice, like 30 months interest-free. It's not. You're paying the interest somewhere else. And what about buy now, pay later? You're just going to get yourself into debt if you keep doing that. Um, if you can't save for it, you probably can't afford it. An Italian proverb, without debt, without care. And now a German proverb, he who borrows sells his freedom. And my last one, an old proverb, he who goeth a-borrowing, goeth a-sorrowing. Isn't that good? Like, isn't that our reality? He who goeth a-borrowing, goeth a-sorrowing. Debt can bring about a social and economic collapse of your life and your family's life. Debt is a major issue in our world today. If you continually spend more than you earn, you will find yourself in debt. If you spend less than you earn, luxury. That's great. If you spend more than you earn, you're going to face some problems just down the track. That's why budgeting is so good. Too many people are in debt and overwhelmed by debt, and this is not God's will for your life. I want to look at some things that the damage of debt can cause. It causes stress and pressure. It causes worry and fear. It causes depression and discouragement. It can cause us to lose our joy and our hope. It places us in a position of vulnerability. It brings conflict into marriage and families. It can give us a bad reputation. The definition of debt is the inability to pay an agreed obligation. I think just about most people in this room who own a home would have a mortgage and that's normal. So my definition of debt is the inability to pay an agreed obligation. So allow a little bit of margin, don't be too tight. Uh, and, and don't, don't put yourself under too much pressure. Romans 13 verse 7 and 8. Render therefore to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honour to whom honour. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. You know, whether love one another, whether love... Uh, our neighbours as ourselves, and, and we are to show love. And this indicates 
that when we don't pay our debt and fulfil our obligations to the mortgage loans, car repayments, clothing stores, we are not rightly relating to one another. If we fail to meet our obligations, then we are in debt. And to get out of debt can be challenging and hard, and unfortunately we um, learn our best lessons in times like this, don't we? And I think we've all kind of been there, lessons learned out of pain. And I also want to say this is, to go from debt to prosperity is a journey. And uh, may I encourage you to take that journey. And let's look at the word prosperity. Prosperity means to foot, put, I'll start again. Prosperity means to push forward, to break out, or to cross over. Push forward, break out, or to cross over, and this is God's will for his people. Prosperity implies a journey and a process, not an event. Prosperity is to move forward in life through obstacles, trials, and difficult seasons over into a way of life that is prosperous. Prosperity takes financial planning, a good measure of wisdom, and wise decision-making. Let's go to 3 John verse 1 and 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. I want to speak that over everybody today. You want to receive that? I'm going to speak it over you today. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Do you notice that this scripture is talking about prosperity and it has nothing to say about money? We come into the world with nothing and we'll leave the world with nothing. And may I suggest that a family walking with God, good friends, a good local church is what we can call prosperity. Don't get distracted or jealous about what others have and end up chasing what doesn't matter. <coughs> Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, I mean these guys were blessed but they still endured famines and hardship from time to time. And I think we all have those seasons, don't we? I want to give you some practical advice and st simple steps to help you overcome debt. Uh, number one, get a coach. And our world champion Black Cats, they have coaches. Bowling coaches, fielding coaches, batting coaches. Coaches are great. Coaches help us to become better. And so I'd encourage you uh, to, to find a coach. Uh, find somebody who you admire and respect and you know they do really well with finances and say, can you help me here? Can you give me some support? And there are many godly people and great courses and teaching that can help us. Proverbs 10 verse 8. The wise are glad to be instructed, but babbling fools fall flat on their faces. Let's be wise. Let's get some instruction. And when it comes to money, we must be wise and must be careful. Get a budget and leave a margin for unexpected expenses and emergency. Joseph encouraged Barrow to save and set aside so that they could save up and be prepared for a time of famine. That's wisdom, isn't it? Proverbs 14 verse 8. The wise man looks ahead. The fool attempts to fool himself and won't face the facts. Let's be wise. 
let's face up to our reality. Finances are factual. Don't bury your head in the sand. And uh, for all the young people here, I always love to give young people this advice, and it's the 10-10-80 principle. And that's your, your first fruit, your, your first portion, your first 10%. Give that to God and the house of God. And then make sure that you sow the next 10% uh, into uh, a place that generates money. That's property, maybe sharesies, uh, a business. You're making sure that you are putting that into a place where it can grow and compound. And then the other 80% is yours. But uh, what's incredible, if you can just start, keep, keep sowing that 10% and get that working, it won't be long and you'll see the benefit and you'll be wanting to put more into that. So I'd encourage every young person to do that. It's good to start doing that when you're young. It's uh, give the Lord 10% and then invest 10% and watch it grow and see what it can do. And, and uh, 80% is yours. But as I say, it won't be long and you'll be wanting to even put more across into your investment. Can I get Mal up now, please? So again, the wise man looks ahead, the fool attempts to fool himself and won't face the facts. And so for some people it might be, um, you don't go to the shops, you don't do that online shopping and you get rid of some apps and that you start putting some boundaries and wisdom around things. But the other thing is it's always good to look into our heart and, and look at our motivations because often uh, when there's areas of brokenness in our lives it causes us to leak money. And you think about people with addictions or, or not emotionally healthy, money can leak. But as we uh, become whole and get free from such things, then we can begin to hold money and be wise. And I've experienced that for myself. And sometimes uh, continuously getting into debt can be like uh, the hazard lights on a car, like it's little indicators that maybe something's out of alignment. You know, parents can spend money on their children just because uh, they feel like they're not there for them enough or they might want to spend money because they didn't have stuff when they were young and just things can come out of alignment. And so why don't we make a fresh commitment today that we're going to handle money better and be strategic. Can we all stand? When we talk about the subject of money, money really does matter. You know, you think about the fact that people go and they work 40, 50 hours, week after week after week. Why? Because money matters. Dairy farmers, 80, 100. But why? Because money matters. Money does matter. And when it comes to the church and the kingdom of God, I also want to say, Money does matter, and I want to thank you for your generosity into this house because your sowing and your finances enable us to do what we do and to reach, yeah. and to reach, and to go beyond this house and to sow in other nations and to have 24-7 youth workers yeah. in the schools. Yeah. Your finances that are given into this house enables us to do what we do and to reach further. Let's be honest, money does matter. You know, a prosperous church is an empowered church. Yeah. And, uh, and it's not even about the money. I just want to say this. 
We're into people, not money. But money enables us to help people. To become free and healed and prosperous and doing well in life. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the day. Lord, and we declare that money does matter. And Lord, we want to be great stewards of everything that you've given us. And so, Lord, just allow us today to examine ourselves and to put things right and just even go away this week and uh, look at just where our money is going and, and just think, are we being good and faithful stewards with what you have given us? And so, Lord, I thank you for the day. And Lord, I just do, I want to see people coming out of debt and into financial freedom and being blessed and being so blessed that they can be a blessing to others. So, Lord, we just ask for your Holy Spirit to come and to minister into hearts and lives right now. In Jesus' name, amen.